Coming up on episode 318 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the new Honda Accord Hybrid, the Volvo S60 Recharge, Carvalu detects crashes and other incidents, another ride in an Austin, Texas cruise robo-taxi, Porsche's 911 GT3R Sport, the new Honda Prologue, and Taco Tober. All that and more coming up next. <laughs> This is episode 318 of Wheel Bearings. I am Sam McGraw Salmon from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakeland from The Road Reflected. And I am Roberto Baldwin from SAE International. And uh, this year, Taco Tober's, uh, well, I'm always the Taco Tober uh, MC. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us more about Taco Tober. What is Taco Tober? Taco, to- I, I feel like I really let you, at least Nicole down, it seems like. Uh, every year, Taco Tober, uh, I've been doing Taco Tober for probably like 10, 15 years at this point, but you eat 31 tacos in 31 days. That's the deal. It's just a fun thing you do during ta- during uh, October, Taco Tober. do 31 tacos in 31 days. Bam, there you go. So that's Taco Tober. You do 31 tacos in 31 days. It's a fun thing that me and uh, a bunch of friends uh, came up with a very, very long time ago. Do, do they have to be unique tacos every day? Something no, different. no, no. They can, they can, they can be just regular old tacos. And you can have, if you want, you can like finish Taco Tober today. You can just go and eat thirty-one tacos. <laughs> that's <laughs> if that's your jam. Yeah. At one point, it was like there had to be a taco for every meal, and then we like we pulled that back because it just got it got a little it got too crazy when you when you <laughs> taco for every meal. So one taco a day is a nice little thing. There's some rules um that are that are out there um you, i guess you can look up roberto baldwin taco and it raises money for what is this feeding what is it feeding america so feeding, feeding america Robbie. so yeah. uh during uh lockdown i thought you know let's do taco tober and i thought oh it'd be fun if people because i had nothing else going on um if folks uh if they donated more than 50 dollars or more i would write a little song about them and so I just stuck my phone and I got my, my little, I have a drum machine and I have a bass and I have, you know, I have a bunch of like music gear in my home. And so I wrote little goofy songs every time someone would, would do a, uh, would, would, would donate. <laughs> and then the following year when lockdown was sort of up, I, I recruited the other person in my band, Drastic Cats. And so now the new rule is if $50 or more, again, we will write a song about you. But um, but the rule is for us is that we show up a few few weekends uh, during uh, October, November, December to write these songs, and we have no we haven't pre-written the songs. Like we'll have an idea, we'll have like oh some oh I know what this person's about. I'll well, let's write about this. But typically we'll write we'll write and record the song in an hour, which means we're writing and recording a song with like one take, maybe two takes. <laughs> And we've put out two albums <laughs> with it. So last year and the year before. So if you look up Drastic Cats on Bandcamp, you, you can you can listen to the album. Um, not all of them are great songs. Some of them are like little <laughs> gems. Some of them are like, oh, these are these are actually pretty good songs. I like and the we're qualifier. Gonna... The the quality of the song is not guaranteed. Yeah, like you, you get listen a song. to the might yeah, be good. You, Maybe you not. get a song like I'm doing drum tracks like I, I think this is a good drum and I'll be playing it and, and like there's like ghost notes, but you can hear I'm not hitting the snare hard enough for them because I didn't practice the song because I came up with the song right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, so it's 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 and of all the things that come with music, like recording is the one thing I really I actually don't like doing. Um, I like writing songs. I like playing songs. I like performing songs. But recording, I'm just like, oh my god, because I start getting in my head about like messing up the songs. Too much pressure. 
too much pressure. So you can like, and I do all the the drumming, so you can hear that in the drum. Like sometimes you're like, oh, he's just missed something. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, if you feel like uh, Taco Tober, it's it's great. And then um, if you like, you can give a donation to Feed in America. Uh, I grew up really poor. I remember having um, uh, holidays where we just didn't have food. Um, I remember one of my still my friend today when she met me in fifth grade, she asked me, "Why are you so skinny?" <laughs> oh God! First thing, first thing she asked me. So I do remember uh, a local charity one year had brought us a care package of food, and it really made like the holidays so much nicer so uh feeding america i you know i i I like to give money to feeding america as much as possible so every year for taco tober for the last three years um that's where the money goes to feeding america so you make a donation and you can email me there's instructions on the feeding america um rules or not rules but sort of page that i've created that will be in the show notes and you can you can do that and anyway taco tober go eat tacos that's awesome donate if you can if you can't uh, that's fine i understand uh yeah, there we go. That's 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 all. Very cool. You're doing Excellent. a good thing. Go, Robbie. Yay! Finally, yeah, <laughs> took long enough. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, but this is a show about cars and stuff. It is technically speaking. Yeah. Technically, so. <laughs> you can eat tacos in cars. That is true. You can eat tacos in cars, and Messy, they're actually though. a pretty good driving food. They are. Yeah, they are. You don't have like I, lettuce and taco sauce. I think a burrito is probably better. A burrito is yeah. probably a better uh, a better driving thing because you can. It's, what, it's what, you, what you don't want is like a, a, a taco or a burrito uh, with like really um, greasy um, chorizo. Um, I mean, yeah, I love no. eating those, but it's not a good choice for in the no. car. That's something I, you 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 go you go in the hole. car to your local taco truck. Pick up a chorizo burrito, as I sometimes do for lunch, because there's yes. one nearby here, and bring it home, and then sit outside on the deck at the table, and you know have a have a nice put a sheet nice, down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> put a sheet down. Put on a bib. As a big fan of chorizo, I love chorizo. I love chorizo burritos. I love chorizo tacos. Um, it is the it yeah it is an oily oily mess. Yeah. Uh, do not eat those in the car. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But what do we talk but, about? Cars. Yeah. What did you drive, Nicole? I drove the Volvo S60 Recharge. Ooh. I, I don't, you know what? It's it's always funny. I love this car. Actually, I had a really fun time driving it, but it makes me nuts when like you have to like you can't just say plug-in hybrid. You have to call it the Recharge. Like you give it a slightly different name than the rest than the other you know, one. You can you can call it a plug-in hybrid. That's it, what it, it is. is. Call it what it is. Technically, they call it though the Volvo S60 Recharge because Recharge is what all their plugins are. Okay. Because they're fancy pants. And I did have the fancy pantsest version of this. I had the ultimate, which I think is the fanciest one. Yeah. And it starts at just under $59,000. It's like $58,495. So it is, you know, firmly in luxury car territory. And it looks like it when you open it up. I mean, it has like a Harman Kardon premium audio system that has the most gorgeous speaker grills. Like they're these really ornate, ornate speaker grills. So it makes it look pretty. They've got, you know, leather seating trims on the seating surfaces. They have, I don't know technically how adjustable the seats are. I feel like infinitely adjustable. I accidentally was sitting there and I I was was like sitting with the door open and I had my foot sitting on the door sill and my foot, my boot touched the little rest. And I'm like, what is happening? The seat's moving. It took me forever to get it back in the right position. Like which of these buttons did I hit and accidentally misadjust? Thigh support, back support, <laughs> lumbar support. What have I done? But yeah, it even has the thigh support thing that like, woo, the entire front part of the seat cushion 
and your legs moves forward and then it moves back. Although pro tip, if you move it back, it, you know, it will squinch your little leg if you're not careful. Like it'll pinch your leg. It's like squinch. And it's so I'm not a fan of that, but I don't use them. I normally just make them short anyway. I bet like you, Robbie, you probably do you use those in like every car that has them. Do you make the thigh support thing extend it's, out? I'm <laughs> so used to not having the thigh support. Yeah. Because of most cars that I, I I'll, I'll I'll do it and then sometimes I'll forget I've done it. But for the most part, I just sort of ignore it. See, and I feel <laughs> because like you're so used to like not having that extra thigh support as a tall person with long legs. And, and I so, feel like, like, like when like, it's, it's there, there, you sort of for forget. You. Like you were the guy. You were the reason it exists. Are the Robbies of the world? You didn't even use it. Yeah. So I never use it because anytime I get in a car, the, the guy who generally drops off my car is taller than I am. And I noticed it right away because he puts it all the way out. And I'm like, why does this seat cushion feel so weirdly stabbed into the back of my knees? I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> and I pull it back. That's that's why I notice it. Otherwise, I would never use it. Um, so, it, you know, it's it's beautiful. And it has, okay, the gear shift, it looks like glass or plastic. No, it's Orifor's crystal gear shift thing there, which looks absolutely beautiful. It makes me think, like, how much is that? Like, I can't find anything saying how much, like, say you get, I don't know, you're not paying attention, you're eating your chorizo taco, you fumble it, something happens, you bonk the gear shift, you've now cracked your crystal gear shift, does that cost, is that like 80% of the cost of the vehicle is in that gear shift? Probably. I doubt it. It's, but no. those, they can't. <laughs> probably, it's probably no more scratch. than 25%. If, oh, 25, okay, yeah, much more. Right. It's hard to imagine it would be worth more than the battery. Because it feels like one of those things, if you accidentally scratch it or break it, it's like, oh, no, that's how that is now. Because it's going to be too expensive to fix. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a really cheap component. I fail well, to believe what, this. What you but... do, I think what you do in that scenario is you, know, you go to a pick-and-pull yard, find a, a scrapped um, Volvo. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be the plug-in hybrid. Just get one of the standard right? ones that has a non-crystal shifter. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it'll, it'll fit right on there. And just replace it with a board, but then you've lost the crystal shifter. That is true. Uh, like now yeah. your car is just meh. Uh, Before who cares? It was, who wants it at that point? Now it's just meh. Yeah. Like why even bother? That. Just junk it once the gear. I don't even want to be in that car. Right? Like forget <laughs> it. I don't want to drive or this you, one. You find somebody on Etsy, you know, that works in glass and crystal. You could make one. They have for a custom you. made one. Oh, for you. Ooh, that might be even cooler than that. Or yeah, make it. You could make one custom and have them like engrave like WB for wheel bearings in it. Our little yeah. logo. That could be the yeah, wheel bearings perfect. customs gear shift. That would be amazing. I, that would be funny. That's what I need to do. I need to find an Etsy person to do that. So anyway, so fancy pants gear shift. Um, and the way the gear shift works, I, you know, no two OEMs seems to do this the same anymore. In the ever evolving, we can make it better, faster, stronger. And everyone just kind of going, can you leave it alone? Like what worked, worked. We don't need to reinvent the wheel, but yet, yet they do. So this Aaron. one, so, so the little, yeah, the gear shift, that's the, and you have to push it like there's you're pulling it, pushing it to get to like drive and reverse, but park is a little button right next to it. So you got to push the button to go and park and start is a little dial. Like you think it makes it think like a dial that would be like, and it's right in front of the gear shift behind it in front of it. And you twist it and it, like it springs back, click, click, like springs. And that's how you turn on the car. So you got the little turn on thing. You got your fancy gear shift. When you put it in park, you got to put the button and you got to click the little dial again. I feel like it's overdone. Have you guys driven this? Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? I have. I find it a little overdone. Yes, I, I agree. I think between, I, I don't know if it's designers or engineers, but every, everybody these days seems to feel like they need to reinvent the transmission gear selector. Yes. 
They don't. We need a. You got to do a, a special sign. You have to hit it's like kind, three different. I would buttons. say it's it's kind of Jaguar's fault because Why on the on the fault? XF Why? back in what two thousand seven or eight when the XF came out, they that was the first one they did a rotary shifter, and okay. it would when the car was off it it would sink down it would be flush with the center console so when you started the engine it would rise up you know and then you'd twist it to shift and ever since then you know everybody's been trying to come up with different ways to do the the shifting and right. you know most of them just are not that effective i just don't need to be fancy i feel like they need to come up with one like we're just getting to the nacs <laughs> universal charger thing let's come up with one version of a gear shift just one. I uh, that's one of the reasons I like getting in the Mercedes because I always know it's just going to be the stock. Yeah, <laughs> it's like go I like, stop well, the, the Mercedes. Thing, but then I'm always on the highway, and at some point I go to change lanes, and I flip the car into neutral at sixty miles an hour every time <laughs> without fail. I hit that and think it's a turn signal. <sighs> like oh crud! <laughs> yeah, put it back in drive. So, but so yeah, so that was like my only real, like the thing that I didn't like. I just found a little wonky every time I got in the car, but. In terms of driving, I mean, and it's absolutely beautiful to drive. It's super powerful. It has a um, two-liter turbo four in it. It's got 455 horsepower, 523 pound-feet of torque. Those are nice, hefty numbers, and they make it move. Like, if you mash the gas when you get on the highway, the thing has no problem whatsoever. And it has that sort of luxury car, very Volvo smooth kind of thing. It's quiet. It's not angry about how it does anything. It's like, yes, I will aggressively accelerate you onto the highway, in the most mild-mannered way that I possibly can. It won't be, I won't disturb you. I won't ruffle your feathers. The people in the back seat might not even know that's what's happening, but you feel free to mash that gas and go ahead, you know, front of the crowd. And I'll just do this very nicely for you, which I kind of like. It's like stealth in how it delivers its power. You don't know that it's a powerful little car, then zoom, it goes right back. So I really, so I really enjoy driving it. Uh, I thought it was really fun. It has 41 miles they say of all electric range, which is actually pretty good. I mean, you figure that they're, I think what the lowest range, like plugins are somewhere in the mid low twenties. And then they go up to around this. Yeah, around low twenties. So, yeah. So I feel like 40, it, it, like 41 miles is not bad. So I could pretty much get around the whole day and not really need to use the gas engine at all, which is always fun. It's always neat when you drive a plug-in hybrid to see how far you can get before it like zoom, it, you know, flips over on you. So I, but it was, it was very fun to drive. It is, it, it is such a nice car and it has that, it, you know, it has a very luxurious interior. Again, this is the top trend that ultimate, and it's not cheap. Cause like I said, it's only under 60 grand, but it feels like this very modest. It has this very Volvo way of delivering luxury. There's nothing, there's nothing in your face. There's nothing outrageous. You know, even the crystal gear shift that I'm, that I love it's not something that's flashy. It's just one of those that kind of catches your eye at one point. You're like, oh, that's pretty. Like nothing is over the top. It's very mild mannered. Um, I really enjoy driving this. And I, it's even got a nice comfy back seat. My daughter rode in the back seat. And you know what's kind of neat? Over the, the, you know, the hump, the dreaded hump in the middle of the back seat, mm -hmm. there's, you know, it's generally fabric. It has a, like a little um, plastic piece over it. It's almost like a floor, like, you know, what's underneath your heel in a lot of cars, even if you don't have the floor mat, there's that little piece of plastic underneath your heel where the um, gas pedal is. So you don't yeah. make a mark in your, it has one of those there. So if you put your foot on there, you're not wearing out that little spot. Cause if you sit in the back, you kind of spread out. You might have your foot leaning against that. I thought that was kind of neat that there's a little piece of plastic there. And there are, there are also in this one heated rear seats, which I think is amazing. 
heated rear seats are the best thing ever. So it's not like you're up front, you're all comfy. Your passengers in the back are freezing to death. It's like, you guys turn on your own heated seats. Did you have the wool upholstery or the leather? I want to say mine was a combo. I was trying to figure out my, my um, Monroni was messed up. It was like, it was like one of those eye tests. Do you, if you stare at it long enough, can you read what it says? No, you couldn't. So or it turns into something like a right. bird. Yeah, or like a is this, are these going to turn into actual words? <laughs> nope, they're just going to be blurred. Like literally the copy was blurred. It had leather trim like on the bolsters and stuff. There was fabric in the middle. Maybe it was wool. I'm thinking it could have been, but I didn't have the actual Monroni. But it wasn't like 100% leather seats fully. Okay. So, and it looked good. I thought it looked really nice. And I had the, um, what is it called? The black black edition so like the grill is black everything's blacked out uh, it, it gets it gets to be this very like it's like a sexy volvo like forget <laughs> the boxy but nice it's a sexy volvo nice so um, i liked it so how much was it it was well again my blurry eyed thing there it's it comes it starts it up for the ultimate it starts at um 58495 so that's the starting price. So probably with the little bits and pieces that I had, it was probably somewhere at least in the mid-60s. Um, but again, I can't see everything because the Monroney of mystery. So I'm going to say it's <laughs> probably, Monroney yeah, Monroney of, of mystery. Mystery, 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 mystery. <sighs> yes. But you, I mean, the, ba- the base, like, you can get into the core. There's core plus and ultimate. Core starts at 53, plus is 55.9, and ultimate is 58.5. So you can get behind the base version of this for 53000 where you're still getting, like, the performance and stuff. You're just not getting quite as fancy of an interior. But, you know, it's a Volvo. Even in the base model of this, it's not like you're getting, you know, it's a It's not like driving a Yugo. Yes, it's not like driving a Yugo. You can get the most stripped-down version of this you get, and it's still a beautiful car inside. Excellent. Yes. And you didn't have anything new this week, right, Robbie? I drove a minivan on vacation, which I've driven before, the Chrysler <laughs> Voyager, which is the low-end version of the Pacifica that they just give to rental agencies. So that's what I drove. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I drove it 900 works. miles. It's fine. <laughs> it's a good little minivan. And, it, and it's good for dogs, right? It's good for dogs, although you're not supposed to have dogs in it, according to the Enterprise. So I didn't. So 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 officially, in 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 theory, if you had such a vehicle and you had dogs, if you had a it, minivan, the dogs would be comfortable in such a vehicle. Oh yeah, they would be. They would be comfortable. Let's say in theory, you just had a big dog bed in the back for them, for uh-huh. them to, to to rest on while you're driving down the freeway. It would work out. Okay, that's good to hear. Because, you know, you always want to, you know, if you got dogs, you want to have something that's comfortable for the dogs. Yeah, you want to, yeah, that's, and that's essentially, that's all we care about. Because we could have taken the Kona, but it's really, it's, you know, it's like five hours drive. Yeah. And it's, there's, you know, they wouldn't have been comfortable. That's literally the reason. <laughs> <laughs> what about the dogs? Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. Um, well, I had the 2024, I think it's the 24, yeah, 2024 Honda Accord Touring Hybrid, uh, like which is car. the latest and greatest generation of the Accord, uh, which you know is uh, Honda's big, bigger sedan, big sedan. It's a big sedan. I think it's. Sedan. I think That's it's actually. Cla- I think it's actually classified by EPA as, as full size, um, and it, it's a it's a good size car. It's it's very roomy. Um, you know this this latest edition, like the Civic that came out last year, is a little bit more tame. And it's designed a little bit more restrained 
in the design language compared to the previous generation. Not that the, the previous generation was particularly outlandish, but this one kind of tones it down a little bit. It's a little more refined. Um, it's still, you know, like the last generation, it's still a fastback sedan. Um, so it's very sleek looking. Uh, the one I had, the, the, the Touring is the, the highest trim level in the Accord lineup. <clears throat> and the Hybrid is far and away the, the most fuel efficient variant of it. Um, it's, it's a 204 horsepower hybrid drivetrain uh, that um, has more than adequate performance for most people's needs. Uh, you know, it's not going to win any drag races, but it'll get you up to speed reasonably enough when you're merging onto the highway. Uh, it's very, very roomy inside. The interior, um, very, in a lot of ways, very similar to the latest Civic. Uh, so you've got this strip that spans across the dashboard with like sort of a honeycomb mesh design, and the vents are hidden behind there. Uh, so you get the upper portion of the dashboard and the lower portion, and then this divider strip in between that um, get you know lets the airflow through, and you can control the airflow with your little little joysticks in there. Um, and it's it's really nice. Um, the Accord, the new Accord, was the first Honda to get their new generation infotainment system, which is based on Android Automotive. Uh, and this is what's coming to all the other uh, Hondas and Acuras um, going forward. So it's got Google Automotive services in there. That means Google Maps for navigation, Google Assistant, uh, Google Play Store, so you can download more apps uh, directly to your to your device. And um, if you are a, a Google user, you can just, when you get in, you can log in with your um, Google account um, or, your, or your favorite Google account, in, in my case, since I have many. Um, and, uh, Brag. And, <laughs> Uh, and you know, it'll have all of your favorites, all the stuff you've saved in Google maps, you know, your access to your contacts and things like that. Um, you're, you can, if, if you've, if there's apps that you've bought, uh, like for example, I use pocket casts for li listening to podcasts. Um, I can go in there and download my pocket casts and, uh, log into pocket casts and all the stuff I'm subscribed to on my phone or, you know, anywhere else, it all shows up in there and it syncs that you know, to the cloud. So, you know, when I get out of the car, it, it syncs, you know, wherever position I was at in whatever show I was listening to. Uh, and then when I pick it up on my phone, uh, it'll, it'll be right there at that same location. So, you know, all that stuff's great. Um, if you are an iPhone user and prefer to use CarPlay, you are welcome to do that as well. It supports wireless CarPlay uh, and Android Auto for that matter. Uh, although, again, if you're using Android Auto, eh, don't really need to just you know do it right in the car <laughs> you don't that way you never have to worry about your your phone losing connection to the the system um but uh for for iphone users you can have that and get that stuff up on the screen for you so um something you won't have in uh gm's evs going forward but you can still have it in a honda accord um so this is a very fuel efficient car it's interesting that i had this right after having the toyota crown um, you know, the, the crown is kind of similarly sized, but the Accord feels a little bit roomier on the inside than the crown does. Um, you know, this one is also a hybrid. It's a little slightly less power than the, uh, standard hybrid powertrain in the crown, uh, two, 204 horsepower versus I think about 
225, 224 in the crown. Um, but, you know, this one is, the Accord is lighter. Um, it is front-wheel drive only, no all-wheel drive, unlike the, uh, in the crown. Uh, but uh, it, with the, uh, let's see, with the 20-inch wheels, or, 20, yeah, I think they're 20-inch wheels on the, on, the, on the Touring, and they're also on the Hybrid Sport, um, it is rated by the EPA at 44 miles per gallon combined. Um, 46 city, 41 highway. Um, I did a fair bit of highway driving. I averaged about 42 miles per gallon with the Accord, which is about the same, you know, roughly the same as what I got with the, uh, with the crown. Uh, the, you know, this one personally, I think if I was going to be choosing between the two, I would probably go for the Accord, uh, unless I really, really needed all wheel drive. Uh, the, you know, I kind of like the, the look of the Accord a little better, even though, as I said, it's a little more subdued than the last generation. It still works really well. It's got, like I said, lots of room, lots of trunk room, lots of passenger room, um, drives, drives like you expect a Honda to, which is really good. Um, and you know, with this kind of fuel efficiency, you, you know, you're not going to be worried too much if there's, you know, if gas prices are going up because this Uh thing's going to go forever on on a tank of gas. Um, So that's the, uh, that's the Accord hybrid touring. And let's see, they did not send me a Mondroni, but let me find the the page here where I pulled it up and did a build. So the uh, total MSRP, including destination and handling fees came to $39,285. Uh, any uh, guesses on the destination charge? Uh, $11.95. Oh, uh, uh, $11.96. No winners today. You both went over. It's $10.95. Oh, $10.95. Oh. Yeah. Wow. We were underestimating how we affordable this vehicle was. Crazy kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the the Accord, the standard Accord, the base Accord LX starts at uh, twenty eight thousand this year. Um, the Sport Hybrid starts at thirty two. So thirty nine is a little too much for you. You can, you can get one starting at thirty two. So that's a little more, a little more reasonable, uh, but still, you know, uh, really, you know, great great car to drive. You know, if you want a larger sedan that's going to be comfortable for, you know, three people in the back seat. Um, you know, and you don't, you know, you don't feel like you need to look like you're going off road, even if you never will. Um, you know, the Accord's a great way to go. I like the Accord. I did a road trip in the Accord out to Accord, New York a while back, or as they call it, Accord. So I spent a good time and it was like road trip, you know, it was hours behind the wheel and it was a really nice car to drive. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Fantastic. All right. What else we got this week? Oh, let's stick with Honda. Um, Honda. so, uh, last week, um, bef- uh, Honda had a, um, a briefing, a background briefing here in Detroit. I don't, I'm, I'm assuming they probably did one in LA too, and other locations. Uh, but they did one here in Detroit where for the, f- the first time they showed us in person, the new Honda prologue. So this is Honda's first high volume EV and it's one of Along with the Acura ZDX that we've talked about previously, it's one of the two uh, EV crossovers that GM is building for Honda on their Altium platform. Um, like the ZDX, this one's coming out in early 2024. 
uh, or at least that's the plan. We'll see. <laughs> um, you know, since it's being built in a GM plant, we, you know, Anyone we don't know guess. if those factories will actually be operating. Let's just uh, say there's a reason there's a, this is the first and last, uh, uh, you know, GM built Honda. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's probably one of multiple reasons why that's the case. Yeah. But. Let's just say there's some reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, what's, you know, it's interesting that this one, um, you know, where the Acura ZDX is very much, you know, basically an Acura body on top of a Cadillac Lyric, you know, it, it, for all intents and purposes, all, all the exact same specifications as the Lyric, same wheelbase, same, same, uh, combinations of rear wheel drive or all wheel drive, same power, same range and everything. The prologue, which, you know, I think I was kind of expecting would, you know, perhaps be more, um, along the lines of maybe the blazer or even Equinox in terms of its size and performance and everything is actually kind of a, a hybrid in, you know, combination of some of the features of these different vehicles. Cause it's got the same 121 inch wheelbase as the ZDX and Lyric and presumably the blazer, even though Chevrolet has still not actually published, published full specs for the blazer. So we don't actually know what the wheelbase of the blazer is, but, um, 121 inch wheelbase overall length at about a little over 192 inches falls about midway between a CRV and a passport. Um, and you know, similar, it, it's a, it's about six inches shorter overall than the ZDX. So less, a little less overhang. Um, but it's front wheel drive only. It's, uh, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not rear wheel drive or all wheel drive. It's only in front wheel drive. And the battery is an 85 kilowatt hour battery, which doing a little math works out that the, the, the ZDX and the Lyric have a 12 module Altium battery pack. Um, and they're like what, 102 kilowatt hours. Um, so the 85 kilowatt hours works out to that. This is probably almost certainly got 10 modules. So the same battery pack, but only 10 modules instead of 12. So it's going to be a little cheaper, a little bit lighter. And, Honda is saying that it will get at least 300 miles of range in um, in the the base version, which um, has smaller 18-inch wheels or 19-inch uh, wheels. Um, and then they're not saying what the range is going to be for the um, the, the ultimate um, or uh, forget what the the trim level. Touring, are. touring, the touring. There's the, the two-wheel drive DX and the two-wheel drive Touring. Then the oh, the Elite. Elite is the one I was thinking of. No, oh, the all-wheel drive Elite. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that right. They do have very... the all-wheel drive. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, just in the, just in yeah. the one trim? Yeah, they have all-wheel all drive is available in the Touring, and it's standard in the Elite. And then um, front-wheel drive is standard on the EX and the the, uh, uh, the, the Touring. Or, no, Touring yeah. or Sport. Yeah, Touring. touring. Yeah. No Sport. Right. No According to this Honda website. So who knows yes. what's going to happen between now and three months from now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Then when it actually comes to fruition, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the styling is pretty tame. You know, it, it's not it's, it's not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I think it looks, it I looks like fine. It. It's uh, not I, especially striking. Yeah. I mean, I, I, one thing I like is it's got a much shorter overhang than the new CRV. Um, so, you know, I think the proportions are better than the CRV. Um, but you know what, I mean, what do you, what do you think of this thing? 
I think it looks good. I like the design of it. I mean, it's not, it's not especially, you know, striking, but I think it looks good. I, it, it sort of just it, it falls in, you know, Hondas aren't the world's most eye-catching out there vehicles to begin with. You know, they don't tend to demand your attention. Um, except maybe if you're like a Civic Type R or something, then it demands all the attention. But like something like this, it, it fits in with how, with a Honda vibe, I think. It still looks good. Like I like the wheels. I don't know if this will, the wheels that are on the original or the actual will look anything like what was on this one that there are pictures of here. But I think it yeah, looks the, good. These are, these are the wheels that will be on the Elite. Elite. And they look really cool. They're kind of fun. I, I like how automakers are going towards some kind of fun wheels lately. You notice that they're having a little fun with it. So I think this is kind of neat. I think that's probably the most striking visual aspect. And if it has, you know, if it has the range that is being guessed, it should be a pretty decent range. Yeah. And it, it, it should, it, I think it, you know, it should definitely be able to get the 300 miles with the front wheel drive and the 19 inch wheels. Um, you know, with the, the 21s and the all wheel drive, it'll probably be somewhere around 260 or so, 265. Um, one one thing I like one of the uh, the photos that they have that they had uh, that they have on the, the Honda media site um, shows the cargo area and it's got the uh, the Moto Compacto. Yes, I saw cargo. it in there. Yeah, I was hoping that was there with you and you got to see it and pick it. No, up we 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 didn't. They did not have that uh, when they showed us the car. Uh, no Moto Compactos there, just the Prologue. Oh, they should at least let you pick it up and be like, oh, you know, yeah, just so you could see it, yeah. so you could play with Touch it for it. a hot minute. Yeah, there it is. Jump on it right away. One. Whee! So the uh, the prologue is coming out. This will be the first of Honda's volume EVs, uh, but not the last. They say um, it's coming out early in 2024. They're targeting about 45,000 units in 2024, and by 25, ramping up to about 70,000 units a year. Wow. So pretty pretty significant volumes, um, and then um, the price. They're not giving detailed pricing yet. They're saying upper forties for the price for the starting price. Mm. So probably somewhere around forty eight, forty nine thousand dollars starting price. Um, but since this is being built by GM in North America with North American made batteries, it will be eligible for the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit. So yeah, you should so be able to get one forty probably forty two, forty three probably. Yeah. And then whatever random additional incentive you might have in your area. Yep. That's right. actually um, pretty cool. I think people will like it. Yeah. I think it'll do well. I'm yeah. curious to see when it'll happen, just because, like you said, the GM plant and yada yada, right. that could uh, that could throw a little bit of a mess uh, yeah. into the works. Oh, and one of the other things, you know, where they've sort of mixed and matched components from uh, other, you know, from the various GM EVs, the, even though this is on the same overall platform is the ZDX, you know, same, same, uh, wheelbase. Uh, it actually only supports 150 kilowatt charging as opposed to 190 on the ZDX. And that's that 150 kilowatt charger is the one they use in the Equinox. So they're, uh... they're, they're taking parts from, from different vehicles, uh, to make this thing. And then the interior and the body is all pure Honda. Uh, so it's got uh, 11 inch, uh, center touchscreen, 11 inch cluster display, um, and it's got the same, same basic infotainment system that's in the Accord, uh, that I just drove. And cool. they have, they have the, also have the, um, Honda Link app, 
Um, so they're for some reason, you know, that's not entirely clear. They're not supporting plug and charge at launch right now, but they have the Honda Link app, which they you can link that to your accounts for EVgo and Electrify America. So when you go to an EVgo or Electrify America station, you can uh, initiate the charge with your Honda Link app and pay for it through whatever payment method you have in there. So you don't have you only have to use one app, but it's still not quite as convenient as some other vehicles. Yeah. Getting better. Yeah. Getting better. Well, I mean, I went at last October when I went and talked to the uh, CEO and the head of um, Honda's global electrification, they had done sort of essentially an ad- about face from mm-hmm. earlier, sort of like what Honda was wanting to do with EVs. And they were just like, no, 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 we're going all in on EVs. And they showed us all these <laughs> Some of them we couldn't talk about, and some of them, you know, a lot of them we could. And they showed, you know, their solid state, how they're how they're working on that. So they're they're they uh yeah they're they're going for it. Yeah, and they you know they've got their their new electric platform that's coming out in twenty twenty six, and you know they've also got the stuff they're doing with with Sony for Afila. So they're going to have a bunch of different EVs uh, over the next several years. I like that their thing is just called e architecture. Yeah, it's just uh, that's what it is. No fancy like EV, <laughs> which is very much, which is very much their 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 thing. No like, nonsense. They're all wheel drive. For, yeah, they're like all wheel drive. That. Don't come up with fancy. Super handling, all wheel drive. What's it? What's it? Super handling. How's yeah. it handled? It's super. Super. <laughs> super. Super duper. And there's no trail sport version of this one, so this is not Yet. not going to be an off roader. Right. Yeah, yeah. Could be. You never know. It'll be a midnight version. Yeah. Midnight version, yeah, late release, halfway through. <laughs> Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. All right. Um, next up, uh, this week, I was in Austin for a couple of days at the Move America conference, which is a big mobility conference. Um, ran into an interesting company there called Carvalu. Have you guys ever heard of Carvalu? Carvalu. No, Carvalu. I have not, actually. I've heard of Caribou, <laughs> well, but not Carvalu. You, you've both rented cars before, right? Correct. Yeah. That's what I did this weekend. Or there you go. Um, so... You know, have you ever um, had an issue where you bring back the car that you rented and there's a little ding in the door or a scratch somewhere or anything like that? And you're trying to say, I didn't do this, I'm trying to explain to the, the, mm-hmm. the people at the rental agency that, you know, this was there or, you know, this happened while the car was parked and things like that. Yes. And how successful has that uh, effort been in, in terms Moderately. of avoiding? Okay. Well, I'm a very careful driver, and then I walk around I'm a very with the car. Careful driver, yeah. <laughs> well, Carvalu has an interesting solution, you know, and this applies. They're targeting this at fleets, at rental fleets, at commercial fleets, um, and eventually, longer term, at consumers as well. And what they've done is they have developed some software that uses the sensors that are on the vehicle. So all modern vehicles have a bunch of inertial sensors. There's three-way accelerometers. Um, and uh, assorted other sensors that are on the vehicle. And what they're doing is using their algorithms to um, continuously monitor those sensors. 
and um, they've applied some machine learning, imagine that, um, to recognize certain characteristics. So when, when you see something happen on the accelerometer signal, you know, see, you see something bump, um, it looks at that, looks at, the, looks, at the, looks at those signals, also looks at things like your vehicle speed, your transmission position, uh, and assorted other uh, signals. You know, is there somebody in this in this car? You know, is, it, is the engine running, or are the doors locked and there's nobody in the car? Um, and combines all these things together to figure out when an incident has happened, to provide real time feedback, real time alerts. So you know, if it's uh, you know if it's a commercial fleet, you know, and they, the driver gets into an accident or somebody runs into the vehicle. You know, it can automatically detect this. It sends a signal back to the fleet manager. Or uh, you know, if it's a rental car, it can send a signal back to the rental agency and say, hey, you know, this car was just hit by somebody um, or you know, perhaps it hit a big pothole and might have a, a problem with a tire or suspension. Uh, and it can automatically alert the rental agency and you know it can provide thing, information like was the car in motion was it parked uh where was it uh so you get all of this stuff and you know so this can help for for customers you know if you're if you're a renter uh it can help you know if you if you were not at fault you can prove it with this data um you know, or you know when when the cars come in you know, the, they're, the rental agencies are trying to turn these cars around as fast as they can and rent them back out again. And if they have to go over every vehicle in with a fine tooth comb looking for problems, um, that's, you know, that can be an issue. Uh, you know, that, that takes time and costs money. Um, or if they can just focus on the ones that they already know probably you know, have a problem somewhere, then they can, they can do those and they don't have to spend as much time with the other ones. So, um, you know, it seems like a, a really good solution. One, one of the the demos demo videos they were showing me showed um, uh, a car. Uh, you know, they, they in Europe. This is a, Europe, a German company. They one of their big customers is a uh, Spanish car sharing firm. You know, kind of like a Zipcar type of th- th- type of thing. And they had uh, video of the drivers of the of this car turned down this narrow alleyway uh, and then drove down what was actually turned out to be some stairs. This was late at night, drove down some steps and there was no external damage visible, but they detected what had happened and sent the information to the fleet operator. And when the car came into the shop, they put it up on the hoist and looked and the, the, the bottom of the car was all scraped up. The, uh, the covers under you know, the oh, cover geez. underneath the engine bay was all torn up, and you know there was sort assorted other damage. And yeah, you know, but they were who just... hasn't driven a rental car downstairs? Come right. on, right? I mean, that's the first thing I do as I'm leaving the rental agency. Stairs. I right. find some stairs and I ride it down. I'm like, okay, this car is going to be good. I'm, I'm sure you know as you're as you're first going into the rental rental agency, you're scoping around for some stairs to drive to down to find right? the yeah. nearest. Yeah, stairs. I'm already looking for right. stairs. I'm asking skateboarders. Exactly. I'm like, hey, where do you guys do grinds? Yeah. Is there is how long are the stairs? Are they wide enough for this vehicle? Barely. Yeah. If I do sideways, <laughs> if I ride like a rail, like the skateboard, we yeah, can, you don't need the full width of the car. Yeah. 
So that's Carvalu, um, possibly coming to a car that you buy or rent sometime in the next few years. I mean, it's kind of a cool idea if it works. Well, I always get nervous with those automatic things. Like, does it really know? Like, you think about all the automatic stuff where it figures things out, and you're like, that's not what I wanted to do. That's not really, you know, I'm not really about to hit that curb. I'm not really about to bump into that thing and the car panics. I don't want it thinking, you've hit a curb. I'm like, no, I'm five feet away from the curb, but thank you. you know? <laughs> I like, well, I mean, the thing in misuse events, I'm looking at their site, and one of the things is, Misuse, de- detect mm. damages and misuse events. Now, when I picked up the van, <laughs> here were the rules. No smoking, no no pets, no towing, and no off-roading. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to tow. I'm like, how would I tow anything? There's no tow, <laughs> there's no tow hook on it. And how am I going to Well, off-roading? you could have taken it to a U-Haul store and had them install yeah, guess, a hitch on it. Had it and then, then taken it off before they, they, they came by. Um, but then the off-roading thing, I'm like, well, what do you de- – what do you determine is off-roaded? Because we went is to it one beach, enough? Like, and is it like enough? it ended up being sort of like a almost a gravel road, like yeah. on one part of it at the very end. Like when you go to the beach in California, you know, that's not all of them have parking lots. Some of them have parking lots, but they're just dirt roads. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that a, is that is that off-roading? I'm like, I'm tip. I mean, I'm technically on the road, but it's also dirt and it's an unpaved like, road, right? Like there yeah. are plenty of like unpaved roads that can get quite rutted, especially like even here if it's like rainy in the spring or whatever, that I can see that if it was sensing, like, oh, you're off-road. Yeah, like, yeah no, you're off-roading. I'm just no, on not. Spring Street, and it's not paved, and it's, it's bumpy because it rained. You yeah, know? exactly. That's my concern. I feel like there could be some challenges here. Robbie and I are not, ready for them, though. We're like, wait, we have <laughs> answers like, no. to all of your AI. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you can never entirely trust an AI system anyway. <sighs> That's no. true. Yeah, you, you, you have to – you need some – Verification and validation of trust, AI but systems. verify. Eh, I'm not sure I'd even go with, so far as trust, but <laughs> at least verify. Verify, verify, <laughs> verify. Is that more where we and, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust, trust is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Trust, kind of trust. Um, okay, this weekend um, in uh, at Laguna Seca in uh, California. South to south of where you are, Robbie, is the seventh uh, Rensport reunion, which is a, a big kind of festival that uh, Porsche hosts every few years uh, to honor their history in motorsport. And um, this year, uh, for the Rensport reunion, they introduced um, shockingly yet another new variant of the 911. Wow. You know, no. they they only do that what once every thirty years or so, a, a new variant of the nine eleven. No. There's a ver- unheard of. Because of the Cayenne Macan, Porsche can build a nine eleven variant for every nine eleven owner. Everyone gets their own very own variant. Their very own this is Robbie's, this is Nicole's, <laughs> this is the, the this Porsche. Is Sam's. Yeah. The GT three R O B B I E. Yeah, yeah, exactly. GT three R W A K E would be mine. <laughs> well, this one is the nine eleven GT three Rensport. Uh, sorry, nine eleven GT three R Rensport. Um and this is a uh, a track only variant sort of kind of loosely based on the the 911 GT3R uh race car but this you know this goes beyond what the 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 regular GT3R does because it's not it's not built for any specific rule set for any any class of racing so you can't actually go and race this anywhere um it's just you know if you have a absurd amount of money um and you want to rent a track for a day and you want to just go out and play 
you can have something that is technically faster than uh, in, in most respects than um, their current generation 911 race cars um, and um, you know possibly even rarer um, because they're only building 77 of these. Dun, dun, Why 77? Dun. What am I missing about the significance of 77? Uh, I'm not sure. They don't really say. I feel like sometimes when they pick these weird numbers, they're like, you know, because in 1977, Bob Smith yeah. completed the XYZ and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So in honor of him, and you're like, go, Bob. Like, there's all these obscure reasons why yeah. they picked They just that. looked around the, uh, the factory and they're like, how many of these do we have? 77. All right. Okay. That's, we're putting it in that, that special. It needs car. to be better than that, Robbie. That's it's, not an acceptable reason. I mean, this, this year is the 75th anniversary of Porsche. Then there so, should be 75. Uh, Who dropped the ball at so. Porsche? Uh, its design is reminiscent of that oh, of the legendary Brumos Porsche 93577. There you go. Yeah, there you I go. Their 1977 be... uh, 935. There had so. to be something that was making that relevant. Yeah. Okay. There we go. He took yeah. the overall seventh overall victory. Seven. There's another seven victory at the Porsche for Porsche at the 24 Hours of Daytona in 1978. All right. Well, they they showed it in 77, and then he got seventh in 78. But if he had gotten seventh in 77. Well, then you'd have to make 777 of them. That's a tall order. Yeah, yeah it might, might be tough to sell, you know, 777 at a million dollars plus a pop. Yeah, I guess you got a point. Yeah. <laughs> a million a pop. Sure, 777 million I was checking dollars. my account during that pause. I'm like, hold on. Did you have enough? Yeah, Can yeah, you get yeah. it? No? no. Yeah? No. no. Need, need a couple more patrons before we get there. Just, a, just like one more, maybe. Come on, everybody. If y'all pitch in. We could all get this car. We, we can could buy Robbie a 911 GT3R Ren Sport. Right? Yep. And change it to the 911 GTR R-O-B-B-I. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let's see. I had, uh, while I was in Austin this week, I uh, decided to take some more rides and cruise uh, robo-taxis, which Nicole and I did in, in June. Yes. Um, How'd this and- go? Um, well, I'll start with the good news. Uh, it actually, it, it managed to pick me up at the location where I was each hey, time. I did not have to, right. I, I did not have to walk more than like 20 feet, um, to, to get in the car. Okay. Yeah. So, so there is that. Um, and it actually, one of the rides, it actually picked me up not far from where we were last time, um, on second street when, okay. we, when we tried to get a ride and then had to walk six blocks to get to it. Um, so I did not have to do that this time. Okay. Um, the first ride that I summoned on Monday night at just moments after 8 o'clock, right when the service goes live, because it runs from 8, 8 p.m. until 5.30 a.m., um, I, so I requested a ride at, you know, just after 8 o'clock. It took 27 minutes for the car to get there. Yikes. But at one point, I was standing in front of the hotel, and I'm looking on the map. I'm watching on the map where the car is going. Oh, no. And it's coming down the street where I'm standing. Uh-huh. It was literally one block away from me. I could see it. I took a picture of it and posted on it. Posted oh, it on no. Blue Sky. Here it comes. It was one block no. away from me. And I knew and... from watching the route on the map that it was not going to come directly to me. That it, oh. it, in fact, when it got one block away from me, it did a right-hand turn, went over a block, then went down about five blocks, <gasps> looped back around. So it took like another six or seven minutes before it got to me from the time that I actually saw it. So was the was it come was it on the same side as the hotel? Was it try, yeah, was it trying to get onto your side of the street? 
No. Oh, so it was already at <laughs> no. the, the hotel's on the right-hand side. Okay, as the that's car, all if I the know. car who just kept going, it would have taken a right into the hotel parking lot. Yes. It would wow. have gone straight up straight up to the, the, the loop in front of the front door of the hotel. Womp womp. Womp womp. Robots, what? man. What? Robots. Every time people are like, well, you know, they're so much better than people. I'm like, uh, are they really? And I've been seeing like, videos where they've had like giant traffic jams of those in Austin. I'm well, at one point on, on one of the rides, uh, in fact, it was on my return ride from the University of Texas campus back to the hotel. We're going along one street um, and there was a cruise robo taxi stalled in the middle lane of the road. It oh no! Was sitting there with its four-way flashers on. Inside? Uh, no, no there was no one inside. Um, well, that's good at least. But it was just sitting there, stopped in the middle of the road. Oh. I have no idea what the problem was, um, but but there it was. Um, when you know, I, I had it take me to up to the U of T campus, and it took a relatively roundabout route. Not quite as roundabout as the route that that we took when in June. Oh my God. It was quite no a roundabout. Reason. It was quite a roundabout route. The the route coming back was more peculiar. Um, you know, when, as I was before I got in the car, I I pulled up Google Maps and said, okay, you know, from from my location here, you know, what's what's the best route? You know, driving route to get to the the Austin Hilton, um, and it said seven minutes, and it was a very direct route, basically going down like Trinity Street. Uh, you know, almost a straight shot down seven minutes. Um, it took 26 minutes Oof. in the cruise because we were at one point we were going down that same street. You know, it's a major one way uh, southbound road, like f- four lanes, I think. Um, and this was at about 9 p.m. So relatively little traffic. Uh, you, you would think that the lowest risk scenario would be to just continue down that same road. The same road, right? Oh God! Yeah, no. It it at one point decided to turn right, go a couple, go about three blocks east. Uh, yeah, east, um, and then loop around, do a couple, you know, through a neighborhood, come back around, then continue on down. It's like it was just doing completely nonsensical things as far as routes. So it's goes. just looking for a route with the least amount of other vehicles that it has to interact. Is that with. what is it like? What is it? What can well, you except that there were more vehicles that it had to interact with. It had to go probably about twice the distance, twice the miles traveled. <laughs> it certainly did at least three times as many turns. You know, because every time you make a turn, that's a risky, that's a relatively risk. risky maneuver. At some point, I had to take a left turn because it, it yeah. took a right. So now to follow, to be parallel, yes. I had to take a left turn, which is the riskiest move, essentially, you can do in yes. driving right? is left turn. I mean, maybe they were just trying to show off what the car can do. I, I don't know. You know, or give you your $5 worth for the ride. You know, it's like, you know, so we're going we're gonna to keep you in here for as long as we can, you know, so you, you feel like you're getting value for your money. I don't know. Um, you know, and then the, the other thing, I mean, I... I remember when I was learning how to drive many decades ago. You know, one of the things that we were always told us how old we are. The olden times. One of the things we were always taught was when you make a turn, you want to turn into the nearest lane. So if you're making a right turn, you want to turn into the rightmost lane on the road you're, you're going on. You know, or yeah. you know, uh, same thing. You want to turn into the nearest lane, and then if you need to make another turn in the opposite direction after that, then change lanes over. Yes. Each time this car, actually three different cars, each time they made a turn, 
um, if there was a following turn going in the opposite direction, it would go all the way across directly into the, like, if it was turning right, it would go all the way across into the leftmost lane. Oh, no. So we cut across lanes during the turn. Yes, cut across multiple lanes during the turn. Into your lane and then change lanes. And and even one time when it was turning onto a side street that was a a two-way road, you know, that was a relatively narrower road, you know, it it was regularly making surprisingly wide turns, which really was kind of the only, aside from the routing, was kind of the only safety issue I saw. Uh, just that the the turns seem to be much wider than they really needed to be, uh, you know. So it's not that I never it's not that I ever felt particularly unsafe in the car, but just really inconvenienced. This is not, you know. I mean, it, aside from being aside from a novelty factor, it's really not a very useful service at this point. Do you think it's just a matter of it getting more refined or do you think it's really just not, is it like just not ready? Do you know what I mean? Or do you think it's like, oh my gosh, they're not even close. Like it's just refinement or. Well, there's certainly things, you know, that I, not that I saw in my time in the car, but there are certainly things, um, you know, that we've seen, you know, from the reports, especially out of San Francisco, where there's a lot more of these on, you know, at any given time, in Austin, you know, during the service period, there's about seven or eight cars on the road in service, which is part of why it takes a while to, to get one. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly in San Francisco, we've seen things like, you know, driving into wet cement in a, con- in a construction zone, right? you know, or, you know, not stopping and yielding to a fire truck at an intersection. Uh, you know, so there are definitely issues that they you know, that this is not necessarily ready for prime time yet. Um, And, you know, I I can understand, you know, that Cruz is under a lot of pressure to start generating some revenue. But, you know, if it's not ready, it's not ready. And it's, you know, it's not, we shouldn't be putting these out there. Is it still in the test phase, Sam? Or can anyone access this now? Um like, do I have to sign you, up? There's a, there's a waiting it? list. You can sign. I mean, anybody can sign up and, you know, they're gradually adding people to the waiting list. I was going to try capacity. it for kicks. I'm going to be in Austin this week. And I was like, oh, I should try it. But I can't. I'm like, wait, no, I can't because I'm not on the, I don't have it yet. Well, I'm I can. I'm on the list. I can, I, I can connect you with somebody at Cruise. Um, see if I can maybe that can get, probably get you on the list. And I'll give it a shot and see if yeah. I can. And I'll, and I'll see try where you it go. this week. Yeah. See what kind of real estate you can check out while you're driving down. I mean, maybe I'll find sites. a new place to buy. I, <laughs> yeah. it, one well, always needs more property. I mean, you know, on, on Tuesday night we were coming back from dinner, and <laughs> amazingly enough, there were you know a couple of the guys I was with you know wanted to try this out, so there were three of us squeezed into the back seat of a Bolt. Um, oh God! <laughs> and if we if it had taken a very direct route back straight back to the hotel, it would have been about a I don't know three and a half four minute ride. Um, it took closer to 15 minutes um, because, you know, again, it did one of these weird routes where it was actually going down a street in the, in the direction of the hotel, made a left turn, then did two rides, went back in the opposite direction away from the, the hotel. Heck? And, and strangely enough, it seemed like every time it was heading back to the hotel, it always picked a route that ran passed in front of the state capitol. So maybe maybe it just wanted to show everybody the state capitol. Are you saying this is a politically motivated detour? It, it, it might be. I don't know. 
I have no evidence to prove that. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, if you happen to be in Austin or San Francisco or San Francisco or, uh, or Phoenix, um, you know, you know, if you're interested in the novelty factor, go ahead and try it out. But, you know, as a, you know, if what you want is just the most convenient way to get around town, it's not that yet. It would be nice if it was, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I have family that can't drive. They're not allowed to drive. Right. Because for, for health reasons. Um, not because they're bad drivers. <laughs> they're maniacs <laughs> behind tickets. the wheel. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I like the idea of having these systems, but also I would like them to work. <laughs> yeah. What happened to, uh, like I think about what happened to your cousin? Mom, I don't know. She got on a cruise either. and we never heard from her again. <laughs> yeah. But like my mom, she's still riding around either. somewhere. It would be, it would be really nice to have these be reliable. But the thing is, like you think about it, if it was, say, you're putting someone who's a senior, right, who they can't drive anymore, and you're like, well, I can hail this self-driving vehicle for you, probably increase their stress level to the point that now they're having a panic attack in the back because where's it's the car? Like, yeah, where where is this thing things, taking me? Right, where are we like, going? oh my gosh, and how do I stop it? And what's happening? And oh my gosh, kidnapped. you know, yeah, Terminator exactly. was correct. Str- exactly. <laughs> You were John Connor, isn't that the guy? And now it's kidnapping dun, dun, you. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. yeah, you know, and, and and to be fair, you know, you can, you know, if you're feeling uncomfortable, you can always hit the button on the, yes. the headliner to stop, you know, or to to call for assistance and, you know, get an explanation of what's happening. I I didn't I didn't do that this time, um, but, you know, and Cruise is developing the origin. They actually did show a video. They released a video this week, or maybe it was last week, of the. Uh, the prototype origin with that's equipped for wheelchairs. Uh, they I showed that to us. So cool. Yeah. They showed it to us last year when I was in San Francisco. Um, and so that one, uh, it has a ramp. So the, the origin is their purpose built robo taxi. So unlike the, the bolt, you know, it has carriage style seating, uh, for six. Uh, and you know, so everybody's facing the center, the, the, the middle part of the vehicle is wide open. Uh, and it's got sliding doors, uh, and the the version with the wheelchair, they take a couple of the seats out, and there's a ramp that emerges out from the floor, emerges out sideways, and then drops down. And you can go up, and they have a, a clamping system, an automatic clamping system that you roll your chair up into the thing, back into that, that section where they've taken the seats out, and then it reaches out and clamps the wheels uh, so that you're, so the chairs are restrained, restrained in place uh, for safety. And, you know, that... But the problem is they can't. They haven't gotten approval to deploy those things yet. You know that is actually a really valid use case. That would uh, be you know, amazing. For, for people yeah. for people that can't that are unable to drive. You know, but mm-hmm. want to have that mobility. Um, and you know, as I said, they they have gotten better in terms of pickup and drop off points. Uh, that's that's much better than it was in June. Uh, so they're making progress, but it's still it's slow progress. Um, and which is, I mean, I, I, my whole thing is that they should just be happy with slow progress. I mean, progress is progress, but when you're, when you're pushing it because you're concerned about, you know, stockholder, then I'm just like, ah, come on, just slow down. I think pushing it like is great. And I'm all for that. And like, you know, progress and baby steps, like you said, but I think where the problem comes in is when it's just gets to be a little bit like, it's so inconvenient. I think you, you, you you create more problems than you solve. It's like, look at this cool technology that we have. And 
yeah, you can actually use it now. Check it out. And like, this is horrible. Now I don't want to use the technology. We made these changes here. It was so bad, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It sort of makes people, it creates a sense of distrust. I'm like, eh, I tried that once. And people aren't always willing to give things a second chance. Mm-hmm. It takes some convincing, you know? Yeah. And, and part of that convincing is, you know, making sure that the vehicles aren't doing things that are annoying the general public or annoying first responders like police and firefighters and that's ambulances. Huge. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a big issue in San Francisco, you know, where they've huge. got a bunch of these vehicles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've they've got to get those issues sorted out with how they interact with first responders, especially. Um, and also just trying not to get, you know, 10, 12, 15 vehicles stuck on the same block. That's, that's I keep never seeing, a good thing. And, you know, it feels like I see a lot of those videos. I mean, I'm sure those are the ones people aren't recording just the boring ride, right? Mm. But still, I'm like, okay, I get there's a lot of boring rides, but there's a lot of rides where everything seems to have gone sideways. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, and to be fair, that doesn't happen very often with people on board. It's usually when they're doing various kinds of testing. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. You know, there's only been two accidents with injuries. Where, so, there, you know. so safety-wise, in terms of actual – yeah, they're like actually they're pretty running. safe. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like I say, I, you know, I wouldn't feel, I don't, I, I've never felt unsafe riding in one of these things, but I, I have felt inconvenienced. That's kind of how we were riding. That's a great way to describe it. It's like, I, this is a really cool experience, but this is not, this is yeah. not how I want to do this every day. You know, yeah, if, if I, if I need to get somewhere, you know, quickly and safely that, you know, granted, I feel, I generally feel safer in these things than I do in a New York taxi. So, True. you know, there is that. True. Yes. The bar is low, though. <laughs> it, it is a very low bar. I was like, there's in fact, a lot I think, of I think things that bar that might actually be buried under the ground. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Exactly. If, it's, if that's your bar, then forget it. <laughs> um, all right. Um, earlier this week, uh, Cox Automotive, um, who do, you know, they have a whole bunch of different businesses. They do a lot of work with dealers and they collect a lot of data. They had their, their third quarter uh, call. You know, their third quarter update call with uh, some of their folks, uh, their industry insights and their sales forecast for Q3. Um, and it had some some interesting things. And I, I sent you guys the, the email with the PDF of the, the presentation document. Uh, but uh, some of the interesting details that came out of this is that uh, the drop in EV prices um, in the uh, since the beginning of this year, actually. So they kind of peaked throughout the second half of 2022 um, at average transaction prices in the looks like about 68, $69,000 uh, range. And they've dropped pretty significantly down to um, for the for overall for EVs. Um, they're down in uh, July, they were down to $53,376. Um, and, Tesla prices uh, in the same period, same period were down to uh, just shy of $55,000. So EV prices have come down a lot in the last, uh, the last 12 months. Uh, and that's a good thing. I mean, we need, we need more affordable EVs and hopefully they will continue to decline in price. Um, yeah. It, yeah. And then um, let's see what else. Oh, the market share for EVs. Uh, brand, for the brands selling EVs, um, Cox is predicting that uh, the EV share um, te- or, Tesla, or Tesla's EV share has dropped by eight points this year, uh, down to about sixty percent of the EV market. 
Um, Chevrolet's up by one point. Um, Ford has declined by a couple of points. I think Which a lot seems of that weird is that supply stuff. Cause yeah, I think it's supply reducing... because they, you know, they, they lost some production, uh, of the lightning earlier in mm. the year. They were shut down for a few weeks, uh, when they had a battery fire that they were investigating. And That's then right. when they were transitioning over to the new assembly line, um, and then same with Mach-E, they'd lost some production there as they were, uh, ramping up or expanding the new, uh, expanding the capacity at that plant. Uh, so we'll see see where that goes in, in 2024. Uh, Hyundai was up, Rivian was up, uh, BMW was up pretty significantly um, by three percentage points. Um, VW, Mercedes, Kia, or Mercedes, VW and Mercedes were both up by two points. Kia was down, Audi and, and Nissan was about flat. So um, the, I think that we're gonna, over the next 12 months, you know, with all the new models coming out and supplies increasing, we should start to see those market share numbers shift even more, I think. Yeah. Um, and then inventories. Um, there's there's a lot more inventory of EVs now than there was a year ago. Uh, you know, a year ago, it was down in September 2022. It was about, uh, looks like about 30 days supply of EVs. Yeah. It's now at 97 days. That's huge. What a yeah. difference. Yeah. Holy cow. So if and you're, it's a very steep like whoop, as it as you look at the graph. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for an E V, um, you know, now's probably not a bad time to to go shopping for one. You can probably get some decent you probably have some negotiating power now that you didn't have a year ago. Yeah. Uh, wow, oh, yeah, that's totally. a huge amount of yeah. I, More I inventory a, of EVs than they do of gas vehicles, is that yep, it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Gas gas vehicle inventories are about fifty seven days, which is about that's been the traditional industry average is what they so keep about two months supply. Way high. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, overall overall inventories are have been continuing to climb, so the supply chain problems are getting alleviated. Um, although, if you're looking for a Ford, GM, or Stellantis vehicle, some of the more popular ones might be in short supply for the next little while. Oh. Uh, so that's that's Cox uh, for Q3. Um, the prices, you know, the prices are continuing to um, stabilize. You're not getting the uh, the kinds of uh, huge markups that there was a year ago. So now's a, a much better time to buy a car than it was a year ago. Um, speaking of buying a car, um, that's all the topics we had. But there was, and we didn't get any emails this week. But there was an interesting conversation in the discord over the last couple of days that I wanted to bring up. Um, and, um, this, uh, was initiated by Todd he says, uh, he's, uh, in Northern California and been casually browsing used EVs in the six to $15,000 range for a possible fun extra car. In that price range, I've seen the VW e-golf BMW i3 and Fiat 500 E. I'm wondering if the wheel bearings team or anyone else here has an opinion about which one would be the most fun to drive for local errands. Also, I'm wondering if there are any other fun, cheap used EVs that I might be overlooking. I understand that some of these might be getting up there in age, which means in some cases they might be near the end of their battery warranty, but I'm not really concerned about that, especially at the lower end of the price range. At this point, I'm only casually looking, but what, what, but if, and when I get serious about this, I'd go test drive them to make sure I'd fit. I'm six foot six. <laughs> yeah. You definitely want to test drive them. Absolutely. Uh, and in the meantime, it'd be great to get people's opinions of cheap used EVs. And Robbie, I know you've got to leave in a few minutes, uh, but why don't you go first? What What are your thoughts on this one? I love the e-golf. 
e-golf is dope e-golf is cool e -golf is to drive dope. it's a good little car um i like the five i think the fiat 500e is the best fiat absolutely uh, the, just bar, you know i had a fiat 500 we had we had one on lease and then uh someone dropped off a fiat 500e and i was like man this is so much better <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only issue why we didn't get the 500e when we were doing is that my wife's uh, work was uh, not her work her school was uh, ex it was exactly the amount of range that the Fiat 500e got. Oh, <laughs> oh geez, <laughs> going to and from school every day, and this is about seven years ago. And I was like, "Do you want to press her luck every uh, single day of the week?" No, we're not. Uh, we're, we're unless gonna, she's we got, got somewhere to charge it at, at school. So yeah, the school didn't have anywhere to charge it, and I was okay. Never mind. He's uh, um, well, like right uh, to the edge. No, thank you. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, I think they're, they're talking about the Spark. I've never driven the Spark, so I don't have any any um, input on that. But of the two, I like the 500e. Or I'm sorry, I like the E Golf more. Um, you're gonna have a lot more room. Um, it's you know, it's essentially it's a golf. Like a, yeah, it's a golf. It's a, it's a little GTI that's that's electric, um, but yeah, those those do are are a bit pricier than um, everything else. So you kind of get what you pay for, I guess. That's that's my two cents. Okay. And I've never driven the Spark either. Neither so have I. I, I feel They're like pretty rare. Yeah, I, so I have no no opinion on the Spark, but I I kind of like the Fiat. I know the E Golf is really super fun and cool, but I don't know why. I'm just I like the little 500e. I like that one, and it's. New this isn't it new this year again? Was he just looking for used? Vehicles? He's looking for a used one. He was just uh, there's for a, used. the new the second generation one is coming early next year. So theoretically, the second gen is about to come. Maybe the people that have the old like the old one maybe not so hot a deal anymore because you got the new one. So you know people don't want the old one. Maybe you'll get a better price. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, I I agree on the the e golf that the Spark. They you know they didn't build. I think they only built. I don't know, maybe four or 5,000 of those. Um, and there were actually two different versions of it because the first model year, it had a battery from A123 Systems, and then they switched over to an LG Chem battery. So they were using basically the same battery modules that went into the, the Volt. Um, and when they did that, it lost some, excuse me, lost some torque uh, because the, the original one with the, the A123 battery had 400 foot-pounds of torque in a spark. Jeez. Which was that thing must have flown? Oh yeah. my gosh! Uh, it didn't have a lot of range, but it had a lot of torque. But the range it did have, it got there quickly. <laughs> yes, yeah, you could use up that range very rapidly. Um, and then, yeah, the um, the e golf was always one of my favorites. Uh, and then somebody else in here mentioned uh, the Kona EV. Um, those are still you know a little bit higher in price. Um, at uh, according to Jeff D. Those are going for about twenty-five thousand um, dollars, but you know if you, you know maybe once the the new Kona EVs are hitting the, hitting the market in the next exactly. couple of months, yeah. um, you might see the prices on the first generation ones dropping, um, and so you know if you can get one of those, you know two hundred and fifty-nine miles of range, those 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 would be amazing. Yeah, you know, if you can get one of those for like twenty grand. That that would be that would be awesome. That wasn't on his list. You're adding cars that weren't on his list. Did he want cars well, so that weren't one on of, his list? One of the respondents in the Discord mentioned that one. Um, okay, that's fair to add into the list then. Yeah. yeah, I know. I would agree. I think that would be a and, great and idea. you know to be to be fair, he did ask us originally. You know, he said you know for the wheel this bearings crew. Um, so you know we're we're putting suggestions in there. And you know, you know I like the I like the idea of it. I just I, I think that's a good one. 
thumbs up to that idea. And I don't know what prices are like on the Mini E, um, you know, the electric uh, minis. The, the SE? Yeah. The new one? Yeah, you can get them on lease now. So for for years, they wouldn't allow it on lease. But now that it's coming to end of life, this version, mm-hmm. you can get them on lease. It's like 380 something. Oh. So it's not cheap. Um, it's it's about the prices of like leasing a Kona right now, or yeah. actually even an Ionic Five if in certain in certain areas. So yeah, I mean, there's some good choices there. You know, if you if you can get by with an you know with an EV with you know under 100 miles of range, um, you know, all of these have you know battery warranties that run eight years, hundred thousand miles uh, at least. So you know if if you're getting like a you know a four or five year old e-golf you know you're still going to have you know several more years of warranty on the battery um and and most of these um you know they you know they don't use the battery particularly aggressively so it it's more than likely you know aside from the uh the Le- uh the Nissan Leaf um you know which had an air cooled battery most of the the rest of these are all liquid cooled batteries and so the batteries should actually hold up pretty well over time and none of these support, you know, really high power charging, so that's not going to do much to degrade your battery anyway. They're these are all like 50 kilowatts or less uh if they even have DC fast charging. All right. Um anything else? I don't have anything else. That's it for me. All right. Well, let's call it a show then. Um and we will talk to you all next week and don't have forget to week, make everyone. your Taco Tober donations. Taco Tober. Oh yeah. Or just eat tacos, man. Just yeah. see tacos. tacos. Why not? Well, that's always a good thing to do any time of year. But <laughs> Tacos. Tacos. All right. Talk to you all later. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.